This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Southy. I, I don't even know where to start. It was uh, it was six one. It was seven two. Um, final score ten seven. Shootsy score. It was actually three one. I don't think I've ever seen. It was actually three one at the uh, was it? <laughs> at one point. It was. Run. It was three one at the end of the first. Um. Wow. So that was an interesting game. Um, I don't think I've ever seen double digits on the scoreboard before like that. Have you guys? I would no. like to thank well, you last time. For, uh, in, I know, I know, sorry, I have no introductions done or anything, but that was like a rugby score. That was two tries and one converted goal, one converted penalty goal. That was 17 points on the board. I've never seen anything like that. Thank you very much for welcoming me with a rugby score. We have an NHL game happening in a football stadium right now, and there was a football game that happened in Detroit in a hockey arena. That's a great way to put it. Uh, So without any further ado, we have to welcome our very special guest today, Luke Mann, as you all know him on Twitter. Uh, Thank you for joining us from all the way in Australia. Luke Mann was our, uh, really, I have to call our day one, if, uh, if anybody was. The first one that reached out to us and was sending questions and his has been an active uh, listener and fan and responding to everything and helped us with development of the show and all that. So thank you so much for all of that. And thank you for being here. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the invitation. Uh, It's a long way, 16,235 kilometers, but I feel like I'm part of (laughs) the team. I feel like I'm part of the crew. And I want to congratulate you as well, because you guys have just ticked over a thousand followers on Twitter. And I think it's only going to get bigger from here. So congratulations. Well done to all of you. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Before we get in, I got to give a shout out to uh, Chris Gilfoy on Twitter, who at the beginning of this, uh, at the end of the first said, uh, does anyone else do the math after a period like that and expect the Leafs to score nine tonight? Or are you all normal? Well, (laughs) who who would have thunk after that? It would have been 10. I got a question, though, uh, for Luke here. I saw your ad the other day about uh, an available player out there. It was you, uh, 6'6", 250, saying you can skate forward (laughs) real good, can punch. The price was even negotiable. So I have to ask, any offers out there yet? Or have you heard anything? Look, I haven't received any offers yet. Uh, Maybe we'll have to lower our sights and get drafted into the... uh, OHL or something first, play for the Peets or something. But, you know, I, I am available, unrestricted free agent, um, come with an interesting accent, so it might be a gimmick that people want to pick up. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, you're, I, I hate to inform you, but I think you're overage for the O, oh. but uh, oh. the, the, New, the Newfoundland Growlers would probably have you in the ECHL. Okay. I hear there's an opening on the Orlando Solar Bears too now. That's what I was going to yeah, say. You're in better. You're in better shape than Sean Avery. <laughs> Thank you. Oh man, I'm only 39. Well, um, but uh, I've got many years. The ahead prospect of me. game is uh, a couple of weeks away, so maybe you can get yourself into that, and we you, we can showcase your skills with uh, Bedard and the rest. Well, you can join our team, so that's all that matters. <laughs> oh man. Um. Again, like, where do you start with this game? So, um, why not the first period? Yeah, um, Justin Hall had a great first period. Yeah, should we keep this pair together? Because Brody and Hall are actually a good team. He might have fixed them. 
he might have fixed them. And I, I think we can say that, I mean, we saw sparks of it with Muslim last year, and I think they just kind of got stale and couldn't figure out how to get things going again. And I think instead of putting him with a worse defenseman because he's playing worse and demoting him, try him out with Brody. Why not? And who would have thought that he'd be one of the better defensemen this game? If you would have told me that the Leafs were going to score 10 goals and there would be three defensemen who wouldn't have points, I would probably have the three that the ones that got points on that list. Yeah. When you Sandine, Sandine, Riley, and Lilligren had no points. Wow. Crazy. All had three, and Labushkin and Brody each had one. That's amazing. <laughs> but again, 10 goals and nothing for JT. But we'll get to that. But Willie, Only though. Only top six forward. Yeah, Willie. So uh, Willie opening the scoring off of a pass from Justin Hall, and then uh, bunting off of a pass from Justin Hall. <laughs> like, yes. I love it. What I like the guy sits Willie's for goal. two games. What I, what I liked about Willie's goal is that he was able to just read the play and you got so much space and you could just see where it was going to go and he was just able to just get the Jets on and slam it in. And there was a 50-50 puck battle and you knew that our guys were going to win it. So I think because at the start, Detroit kind of tried to push the ice so much in their favor, they kind of left it unprotected. And that's really, that started off for us. Yeah, for a team that's known for all these star defensemen, I mean, they are, are all young defensemen, but they're known for being a very good defensive team i think um and having decent goaltending but uh they did not play well defensively i felt like the leafs were all over them at the beginning of the game yeah good thing that detroit has pretty terrible goalies or else we'd probably wouldn't stay in this game but i was so happy to see willie shoot that first one straight in too because we've been missing that shot for so long or he just hasn't hit the net in general for what seems like forever so so nice to get that in Oh, 100%. It's also the one spend uh, a little time with. It's also good to keep everyone quiet who keeps saying, oh, Willie's gone quiet. Willie's not scoring. Like, it, it shouldn't really matter who scores. We just need to get the numbers on the board, right? And Willie will score when he wants to, you know, eventually. When he wants yeah. to. <laughs> and when you have Matthews on the streak that he's on, where he's scoring at least one goal a game, like, it doesn't really matter who else fills it out on the outside, exactly. who gets the third or fourth goal of the night or the 10th. <laughs> It it's getting to the point where I'm I'm kind of counting to myself like is there a chance I could see Matthews hit 50 at the outdoor game in a couple weeks? Yeah. That's actually ooh, interesting. How what's the date on that? March 13th. Close. Uh, there's like that's a little there's close. I, there's I think eight more games. And he's at what 37? 37. Oh, anything's possible, isn't okay. it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, that's less than two a game, so it's not out of the realm of possibility, that's for sure, but um, that'd be a, that would be a feat for sure. It'd be the first one since Vive to get 50, Andrew the only Chuck. one. Yeah. Andrew Chuck. Andrew Chuck? Yeah. Sorry. There you go. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, then, I was, then I was given wrong information on another podcast I was listening to. <laughs> v- yeah. Vive, was, Vive was the first. And then Lehman and then Andrew Chuck. Good to know. Wow. Oh, actually, it was on um, it was on Overdrive. Anyway. Um, oh, fun fact about the Overdrive guys. They announced they're going to be uh, celebrity coaches for the prospect game in a couple weeks. So it's uh, there. that'll be fun team. Great. You can be on uh, you can be on Aldog team. <laughs> uh, 
Then the campfire, man. Oh, love it. David Kampf, I feel like it's always, he always gets like that extra goal. You know, he never scores the first one. It's always like the go ahead or the third or like the one to put them another one ahead. He always gets like the, the, the comfortable goal, you know? Yeah, matching his uh, career high in points already this season, and there's still 30-odd games left in the season, so good for him. I mean, Camp, Kashe, these are the best pickups, in my opinion, in the offseason. They've been nothing but proving themselves and everyone else like the other way, in a sense, where they're just so invaluable. But I just like yeah, the fact that they, they always hit back straight away. Like... I like the their, their interplay between each other is just so natural. Like they can read each other, but they also do it in a way that when we get scored on, they're like, all right, let's just not give in. Let's just put our foot to the floor. And they're kind of like Thelma and Louise, right? They hold each other's hands and they just go off the cliff together. You know? Yeah. Oh, I love it. <clears throat> but uh, Lucas Raymond did score in between there. So uh, we ended off the period three to one. Uh Again, I mean, the Leafs had a ton, a ton of shots um, to uh, the tweet that I mentioned earlier. I said, you know, I do the same thing with shots. I, I look at 15 or whatever they had in the first period and I go, OK, they're going to have 45 shots tonight. But you expect it to cool off. You don't expect the game to get more and more and more and more interesting. We had like 65 percent face off control as well in that first period as well. So that's probably why we, we looked more dominant too. Matthews yes. has been on fire on the dot. Mm-hmm. Like, just I don't. I know he's been scoring a lot, and that's the thing that everyone's been talking about. But he doesn't get enough credit for the faceoffs that he's been winning. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. The other night he was what, like thirteen for fifteen. I don't know what he was tonight, but yeah, the first period was more of a defensive mind of game to start, anyways, because you can tell the Leafs took that extra step back to make sure the puck was settled and then make the attack on the offense. But Campbell on that Lucas Raymond goal, we talked about the hot and ready pizza. That's exactly what happened on that goal again tonight. Of course, in the little Caesars arena, literally the worst rebound straight in front, a nice gift for Lucas Raymond, which gets 40 points on the season so far this year in his rookie rookie season. So, wow. Wow. Yeah, that was the first one where I was like, oh, Jack, everybody's looking so good. Please have that one. And the rebound just right out in front. That's unfortunate. Yeah, but second period starts and pretty quickly too. Mitch Marner starting his trail of goals. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah, this uh, somebody tweeted out the notifications, but just reading it. Mitch Marner from Matthews and Bunting, Mitch Marner from Bunting and Matthews, Mitch Marner from Bunting and Matthews. <laughs> so within seven minutes and what is that? 46 seconds. Mitchell Marner scores his first natural hat trick and first hat trick of his career in the NHL. And an unbelievable one at that because holy shit, this first line, the stat line. Thank you, Simon. Literally the stat line. Um, I think by the end of the second period, the stats were five goals, 13 points, a plus 15 and 11 shots just for the first couple of periods from that line alone. So what a Unbelievable. stat. It's also really good that Manu is able yeah, to like, silence his critics as well because everyone says, oh, Manu is always a pass first kind of guy, right? But that's not true, yes. right? Manu is also like Willie tonight. He's like, I want to take control of the situation. And that third goal, that's a triumph of placement and precision. You know, it was really, really just in between the glove and the pad through a defender. It just shows you that he's got, really got these accurate skills. 
And, you know, things that apply for passing, that kind of beautiful passing, that also applies when you're passing into the goal. Exactly. And I, I think it makes it even more dangerous that if you see him and Matthews coming down, you're going to first assume that Marner is going to pass it to Matthews. Yeah. But, you know, in this case, Matthews will hand it off to Marner and Marner shoots it. So, yeah, either I, way. I, I had a lot of um, chances to see him play for the London Knights in the OHL. And when Did you see he the was. Night? Yeah. <laughs> When, when, when he was on the line, like on a line with Matthew Kachuk and Christian Dvorak, it was basically like this line right mm-hmm. now, right? Like any single player on that forward line can snipe on you, can pass it away, can deke you. At, like there's nothing they can't do, especially right now. Marner doesn't need to be a scoring threat like for the actual goals. But when he is like he is right now, that line's almost unstoppable. Yeah, because if Marner can score like this, they're capable of scoring 10 goals in a game. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. As a goalie, you can't cheat it. No. If you know he's on fire and he's got his shot dialed in, you can't cheat it thinking, okay, he's going to pass to Matthews. I'm going to be you know, a little bit over and a little bit ahead of the game. You can't. There's no way because he's just going to rip you apart. Yeah. And I think the key on these three goals and with this line in general is that the battles for the pucks, they keep winning them, whether it's in the corner, whether it's rushing into the zone and let's say they lost the puck, they somehow get it back. Or even on the second uh, goal for Marner, I believe Matthews was the one who rushed rushed down the ice and beat out that icing call and then started the play again. And they just know where everyone is it's kind of like they have eyes on the back of their heads and they just look around know that they're on side and make the play quick tap in so i'm here for it all day of course magic mitch as i've been calling him oh but what about uh labushkin with that little tussle in front of the net there that was great i love that we just have another one of those you know somebody else that's not going to take shit push some people around it's great i, I think yeah, it's it's a fine. good compliment too because you got the three boys who are really good at putting it in and they're really good offensively but a lot of people say oh you know we need to be more physical we need to be able to push people around right if that's the trade-off if you want three guys that, that have got really good skills and finesse and they can do that you, you need to find other people that can complement that and the bushkin is just really slotted into that role really easily really nicely very easily, like so smoothly to the point where it's kind of like he's been playing with this first and second line for all season kind of yeah. because it. one thing too, it was so nice. You saw Campbell get slightly spun around by Rasmussen's skate and he didn't hesitate. Usually you see the Leafs kind of look around the ice like, okay, who's going to step up here? Who's going to do something? But he was the first one in and then Simmons quickly followed and yeah, so good. I. I wonder if when he comes back, if this takes a little pressure off Muzzin. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Since, I think so. Since Muzzin was acquired, he's pretty much been the only guy on the back end who's had that little bit of nastiness in him, right? Mm-hmm. So now that Labushkin's there, it's not all on Muzzin. Yes, forwards still need to have a little bit of that, but that just just a thought, right? Well, you're right, because if you're a big fella, <laughs> right, and you're expected to be the big bopper, it puts, it puts pressure on you to do things that may not naturally fit with your game. Like, if you're told to run through someone and you don't run through someone, you think, well, you know, what else can I do? So by having someone else there that can do it as well and just kind of charge through people, that takes pressure off you. And maybe Muzzin can just focus back on, you know, rebuilding his fundamentals from the ground up again. 
Is this yep. what uh, what your pitch would be to get joined? Yeah, the totally, there, completely. It's like, yeah, if you read the document, a little rocket pitch I got. Um, mm-hmm. Luke would be like a Hal Gill 2.0. Bring him back, Ooh, baby. Yeah, just don't. I don't want to have a go at Charles, join it, so. join in the league like Tim Thomas. <laughs> nice, but it's nice to see uh, Labushkin being more physical because there's guys like Brody tonight where there was a lot of little shoves going on, and he just did not seem interested whatsoever. And sometimes that's the smart play to do. Of course, you don't want to have that penalty drawn, but. It's also nice to have guys like Labushkin not afraid to get a little bloody in the mouth. So, Yeah, as much as Brody is the defensive side of that first pair, I feel like when he's playing with Riley, uh, unlike tonight, I feel like his defensive play is more uh, blocking lanes and cutting off passing lanes and blocking shots and sliding and all that. It's less throwing the body around, which he, he does do a little bit, but not as much as Muzzin, who has come out and said he's been a little restrained on that because of injuries that he's sustained. So hopefully this, uh, this long break that he gets, uh, you know, gives him the time to heal his entire body. And uh, then, like you said, Justin, him and Labushkin can kind of split that role of cranking people. Yeah. I think <laughs> we kind of struggle a bit playing heavy. You see it against the jets. You see it against all the other kind of teams that they try and play heavy against us. So if we can, you know, have one more guy that can just get out there and push bodies around and stuff, you know, it should really kind of kind of fill that hole we got. Yeah, like if we play Calgary again, it's yeah. ugh, I don't like that matchup. Uh, so Sam Gagne makes it six to two. Bleh. Ugh. Another kind of weak goal, Jolly. unfortunately, for for Jack. Right on the tape of Gagne. Yeah. Like from behind the net, straight to Gagne, and it's kind of like why would you think of this type of play with so much traffic around you? You know, why not let the D get the puck from behind the net? Like it was just too stressful situation and too high risk in my opinion to make that play. Especially at 6-1. What are you doing that for? Yeah. <laughs> to, 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 to be fair. Here um, comes the goalie. <laughs> shouldn't, someone the goalie be on the post, shouldn't someone be protecting the post for you if you're out of the net that way? Yeah, not really, because if you're going back to pl- to play it, you want your defenseman to be out in a position to receive that pass, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. in your mind, you have to okay. There's you have to basically tell yourself, I'm not going like to get, get it, it like to them, miles, and they're going to clear it. Yeah, um, once you your team has a lead like that, and you're not necessarily seeing a lot of not not even just quality shots, you're not seeing a lot of shots. It can start to mess with your head and you just, you want to feel that puck. You want it, whether it's on your pad, on your blocker, your glove, whatever, you want to feel that puck. So then you start getting into the rhythm. Okay. I need to get in this game, go and play it. And a lot of goalies okay. anymore aren't good at it. That's that, actually, okay. I, I get yeah. that. So, not, not that it so excuses it. It's take... still a mistake. But yeah, they want to yeah, touch it I mean, again. It, I miss you. I want to touch you. Yeah, because it, it's either it's either you turn it over by playing the puck like this, or you don't face a shot for ten minutes and you let the next shot in. So it's exactly it's kind of a lose lose. If you're crazy enough to stand in front of a hundred mile per hour slap shot, you're gonna go looking for it when you don't get it. So that's the point. <laughs> Fair. And, uh, Did you see the little? I was I was getting. Well? They're trying to trying to get the crowd in back into it. The the wings. Oh, that was great. a handbag brigade, wasn't it? So like two old grandmas trying to have a go. 
<laughs> yeah, because uh, around this is the time after Gagne's goal was when the crowd started booing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Detroit just couldn't get anything going. I mean, it's it's six to two. They had a pretty sustained pressure going in the Leafs end there and, and just got one shot off. Sandine survives a three minute and one second shift. Right. In, uh, just, yeah, Campbell's able to make a save and hold it so we can get off the ice. Yeah. Man, good on him. Yeah, but the uh, next shift comes out and what a blast from Brody with Matthew Stick literally ready on that ice for the perfect tip. And this is what I want to see. I love that huge D blast from the point. And yeah, what a beauty. I almost thought that puck was going to tip right over the crossbar, but luckily it just kind of went far down. Anything in real estate. Yeah, I was getting a little worried for my fantasy team. Yeah. Location, 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 just in front of the net. No, I was just. Sorry about the delay. I'm really far away. (laughs) And there's Doc trying to harass me right now. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> it's totally fine. Don't apologize. Um, no, I was just saying I was getting worried for my fantasy team because three assists from, from Matthews is great, but like I needed a goal and uh, I'm, I usually count on him for all my goals. So thanks. <laughs> so in, in one of my fantasy leagues, I actually have both Matthews and Marner. Oh, boy. So be very happy. They got that. me a combined. They got me a combined 72 points. 72. Tonight. Whew. Wow. Beautiful. But a lot of goalie changes, eh? When we start the third period, um, what are we uh, on our let's second? Let's just end the game there. Let's just end the game. It was 7-2. to two. Uh, <laughs> Leafs won this one 7-2 to in Detroit after 40 minutes of play. Um, they just ended up not playing the third period. I, uh, I actually blame Sarah Wah, Sarah underscore Wah, because she messaged me. And she's like, oh, it's going to be so great we're on the pod because we're going to just jam it. We're just going to win. It's going to be so awesome. And then this happened. So it's all your fault, Sarah. I blame you. so yeah we saw detroit pull nadelkovich for grice and then pull grice for nadelkovich which i don't think i've seen in two periods before (laughs) it's it's been i can't the only time i can think of a goalie being pulled and then going back in was the luongo bathroom incident um (laughs) but (laughs) i know it's happened and i know i've seen a game with it but it doesn't stick in my mind because it clearly wasn't a game that i wanted to remember but yeah what uh what a night all four goalies were used what's the point of pulling the goalie and then putting him on the bench and then putting him back out there it defeats the purpose of pulling him in the first place i mean the 10 got let in right yeah because then he gets in his mind he's not going to play and like (laughs) checks out of the game it's like you suck yeah he's like oh you're not doing well Oh, you going? Yeah. Oh, you're even worse than the first one. So you're back on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, some some coaches will pull their goalie, even if they're say they've let in three goals, but it's not really their fault, like bad bounces or something like that. They'll pull the goalie to kind of try to spark the team, and then so I don't know if maybe Blashell thought, okay, Nadalkovic played half decent, so we'll throw him back in because Grice clearly isn't stopping anything tonight. But it worked, man. I think it worked. It definitely sparked the team because they had four goals straight right after to start the third period. So, well, I mean, you can only imagine the lashing they got from the coach going into the dressing room there from seven two after the second period when like it's funny. My girlfriend made a comment. She goes, wow, Detroit sucks tonight because they showed the time, uh, the offensive time and the, the puck 
possession and Detroit had the puck like two minutes more than the Leafs did. And it was yeah. seven to two. <laughs> I know. But uh, some of them you can't really save, right? Like the first one, the point shot from Hironic and Raymond seemed to tip it, but didn't. It got credited back from to Hironic. Uh, it was a tip. It went literally the opposite way Campbell was looking. That's something a goalie can barely save. And if the goalie saves, it's all luck at that point. Yeah, so 35 seconds, 2 minutes, 4.42, and 5.50, uh, 5.21, sorry. Detroit scores four unanswered goals from four different people. <laughs> um, I have never, I, we've, I mean, we're Leaf fans. We've seen collapses before. We've seen three ones. We've seen four twos. We've seen David Ayers. We've seen everything. I never in my life have seen a game go from 7-2 to 7-6 in five minutes yeah yeah I, uh, pretty bad the phrase and... that comes to mind is that there's a there's a phrase called pyrrhic victory where like you win you win the battle but it comes at such a cost that you, your long-term viability as a as a team is kind of questioned and and when we had let so many in i thought oh my god we're, we're on the we're on the cusp of this pyrrhic victory thankfully it didn't end that way but i, I was freaking dead freaking out it was, it was it was a complete meltdown uh, I, I don't know what Keith did to, to kind of get them recollected because, you know, like Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And we got more than punched in the face. We got hit by a truck. Well, those four in a row. Yeah. And I, uh, my heart, and, you know, I think I said on Twitter, I'm about to poop my pants or ship to bed or something like that. I, yeah, I, 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 I was lost for words. And I thought, oh, my God, facing you guys on the pod for my first, for my debut, I thought maybe... It's not going to be a very, very pleasant one, but we're able to right the ship eventually. Yes. Yeah. At 7-6, I was like, Leafs are about to lose this one 9-7, aren't they? Because I figured it gets, you know, tied up, and then it's 8-7, Leafs pull the goalie, 9-7, but uh, thank God they held on to this one. I'm just thinking about Campbell and I mean, the third period, he let three in and then he gets pulled after having this massive lead where everyone, all Leafs Nation thought in the second period that this game was in the bag. I mean, we have that little anxiety in the back of our minds, but seven, two, come on guys. And now Campbell and Mrazik literally lets what the second shot in or whatever it was. And It's always yeah, got to be gas. I, mean, I, I don't blame. You always got to put your foot on the on the gas. There's you, any team out there, if they're an NHL quality team, you can't just sit back and and coast to a stop. You can't just put on the cruise control and think you got it. You got to drive over the cliff. You got to do the the camp and Kasha thing. You got to hold each other's hand and say we're going for it every single game. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, it's not going to end nicely. And we got out of jail on this one. You know, it was the great escape. You know, we're on our motorbikes trying to get as far away as we could from the Germans. You know, it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, Morazic, I mean, I don't blame him for the first one. Cause like you come into it's a cold. game where Detroit's yeah, he's cold and Detroit's red hot. They just scored yeah. three in a row and it's an insanely high scoring game. So yeah, he's going to be caught off guard. I don't blame him for that, but um, I'm glad he was able to hold it down for the end of the game there, man. And the Leafs taking the, uh, the goalie change as a bit of a timeout and then an actual timeout for Keefe to just... I, I can't even imagine what you say to the team at that point. Mm-hmm. At at this kind of stage with this kind of game, you, honest to God, you probably just walk in after the game and say, guys, go home, forget about it. 
Yeah, it's the same thing like the the Vancouver Calgary really? game. Yeah. The 7-1, it's just like guys just just forget about this one and we start from scratch on Monday. Yep. Like we're going to burn the tapes and everybody get ready for practice. Well, I must admit yeah. Vancouver wasn't very pleasant about that Calgary game after what they've gone through at the start of the season and what they were doing to Thatcher Demko and then you know, gloating one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one on the Twitter. I mean, that's not really respectful. And I think it's also, it shows you've got to respect every opponent that comes into your arena. Or if you go to visit someone, you show them the respect and courtesy they deserve too. You know, it's no cakewalk. Even the Coyotes, 100%. the Coyotes got with us. You know, if you think mm-hmm. you've got another team beat, you've got nothing coming. You've got to push all the way. You've got to fight for every single thing. Otherwise, you're not going to win enough games. Yeah, and it's easy for Vancouver to throw chirps from the bottom of the stand. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Keith finally takes that timeout, which I thought he would take a little bit earlier, sooner into the third. Or I know there's a lot of talk about when you would have pulled Gam- Campbell in this period. But, of course, right after the timeout, Detroit gets a power play in. Of, we're running through our minds like it's 7-6. Like, oh, no. But, of course, this cachet conf connection checkmate. beauty they've been playing checkmate yeah. is right they've been playing their pretty much whole junior career together and when marner is sitting in the penalty box out of all people you kind of think like damn this is a guy we can really use right now on this peak was it even but a trip no i didn't worry. even see i thought he was having a shot and someone got in the way it, yeah it was a trip okay it must be because i'm on the ipad in the middle of nowhere overreaching <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for anybody, because uh, we're just doing audio for now. Apologies on no video. I spent about half an hour chipping ice off of my car because I haven't moved it since the ice storm the other day. I'm currently looking at Luke Man, who is literally in a forest. Yeah. Just sun is shining. It's Sunday afternoon. He's just in a, in a little camping chair on his iPad. This is. It's 30 degrees. Beautiful. I got shorts on. This is mean. He's got shorts got on. It's 11 o'clock at night in February in Ottawa. So. <laughs> Yeah. Not short weather here. Red shorts, there. man. Yeah, red. You're clashing. <laughs> yeah. You're clashing. Red I and love blue. It. Well, maybe we can talk a bit about the red and the blue in, in a little bit when we talk about why why I chose the Leafs. But yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a beautiful afternoon. Definitely. Yeah. Luckily, it wasn't ruined by that performance. Yes. <laughs> So uh, we did skip over Ilya Mikheyev with a nice speedy one. The Cobra strikes. He's so fast, man. I'm so glad this was an opportunity for him to actually sink it this time when it matters the most. Because how many times have we seen him rush down the ice, swerving from the goalie, or take that shot and he has stone hands or just hits right in the center of the chest or something. So. Oh, you mean like he did two minutes after he scored? Yeah. yeah. Did you guys just hear that? Yeah, back? this... <laughs> Quack, quack. Yeah. That's the Anaheim ducks. They're over here. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Australia. <laughs> Roasted duck. Yeah. So that's that's what you're having for lunch today? Yeah, that one's called Zegris. <laughs> He's a performer. Oh, so I just realized with Heronic getting that goal instead of Raymond, Lucas Raymond did not get a hat trick tonight. No. Yeah. How rude is that? Rude. <laughs> yeah, battle for the Calder, you know. Bunting got five points. Raymond only had three. I mean, what do you say to that? So Mitch Marner from Michael Bunting 
with a beauty to finish it off. Marner, Marner uh, chips it into the basically wide open net there for his fourth of the night. <laughs> Unselfish. Okay, so that it's really important that that gives sacrifice yourself for others so that the team can win, right? That's more important than individual accolades. I mean, as much as as much as he's going for the rookie of the year kind of thing, he knows that the goal is not to win rookie of the year. The goal is to win everything, and you do that by evaluating the body of work that you put out there on the ice. You know, I really yeah. it. How so, much you want to bet there's going to be some friendly chirping in the locker room between Matthews and Marner? Of course. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Matthews, the challenges so, are on. you know, I, I, got, I, got f- I got four goals my first game. It took you 397. <laughs> <laughs> but Marner can say at least they won the game. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Yes, he can. <laughs> I was I was thinking at one point like if they lose this it would be so so leaf like that Matthews and Marner both get their hat tricks and lose the game. Yeah. Um. So first star of the night with four goals and two assists, Mitch Marner. Second star of the night, Austin Matthews with one goal and four assists. Personally, I think it should have been Michael Bunting with yeah. one goal and four assists instead of three. I think he was more influential. I don't know if I said four there. Matthews had three. Yeah, I think Bunting should have gotten second. And Lucas Raymond gets third star with two goals and one assist. So really, it should have been the entire Leafs first line as the first three stars. But I get it. They're in Detroit. They can't do that. Yeah. I mean, they can, but (laughs) (laughs) when your team scores seven goals, you kind of have to give them somebody. But can you imagine scoring seven goals and losing and losing by three at that? yeah like how do you there's no notes that detroit can even take out of this game except like either team can just be like okay we need we need a couple more saves on some of those and uh that's it (laughs) i'm just glad they won because this was going downhill real quick and just like the throughout the year uh I didn't want to see the Leafs leaf in it, like everyone says. Like you got to take yourself out of this hole and find a way to win. So that's what they did, and we just move on, take two points, five out of eight points this week. So yeah, on to the Not next. Not bad. All right. <laughs> Twitter questions. Let's do it. Good questions. Pigeon coop. <laughs> um. So, Bill at Rowdy No More. Did the Leafs have a playoff caliber goaltending? Luke shakes his head. I, um, at them. Okay. Here's, I have defended Jack Campbell a lot, but here's my analysis of him. He is good when he is good and when he's confident and when he's not, he's really not. And this is mm, the, the not games are getting a little too glaring. Like, I'm glad that Mrazek can back him up this well. I just, it's hard to judge when a night's going to be an off night. Mm-hmm. With with the goaltending position, yet again, I'm not trying to say I'm a professional by any means. I haven't played at any level, even close to the NHL. But there is so much of the position that's mental. Yeah. With with the the speed of shots, with the speed of players. Um, the skill of players, the, some of the stuff that the players are trying that 10 years ago players would never try, but now they're seeing people do it on in the NHL. So they'll try a shot or a pass from anywhere. Like and, CBC's favorite Trevor Zegras. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like 
it's there's so much of it that's mental if you're not 100% on your game for your angles or who knowing who's coming down okay this guy has a tendency to shoot I need to be a little more prepared for a shot it's it's a huge mental game and I completely agree with you Johnny if he's not confident in himself he's he's not gonna have a great game and we we talked about it last episode how concerned we were with them and the, the meter's got to go up a little bit more after tonight. I think um, Jack kind of goaltends by algorithm as well. Like he's more, more fidgety, a bit more kind of process based, whereas Morales more aggressive, get up in your face, kind of challenging people. And Oh yeah. Morales wild. Man yeah. That. Mm-hmm. So I think that they kind of complement each other, each other quite nicely when you, cause you're going to face different types of teams. Right. But I don't feel that the Jack's, kind of in that kind of mental space where he, he knows he can bring it against every team and because he's been playing so much and, and playing against all, all different types of teams maybe the the impact of you know having a bad game gets carried on to the next one because he's such an emotional fellow as well right so you know when he's up he's great and when he lets ones in like i'm sure in the dressing room tonight after letting in those goals he'd be like feeling really flat and you know if you're a feeler kind of person um it's it's sometimes very hard to kind of find that internal motivation to put yourself back up. And, you know, the D didn't help him for a lot of it as well earlier on, but it seems to be a bit stronger at the moment. So I think he's there. I think it's just about understanding what can you control and what what can he actually do to kind of build himself back up when he does get challenged. That's probably the only thing that needs to be answered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him play fantastic with a garbage defense the beginning of this year it's not like you know that much has changed between the first three months and the last two months I I think it's just he's overworked he's never played this many games in his career in a row so let Mrazek play like three of them you know don't just keep switching them back and forth let Mrazek ride a couple of these because that'll only make Mrazek better because he's had so much of the season off and you know start to even the games out even though it's uh, it's been so one-sided for the first half of the season. Yep. Yeah, that's why in our episode with Bloke Young, I asked him who lives in your head rent-free as a player in the NHL, and my answer was Jack Campbell because the team's success kind of relies on this guy's mental state. So if he's feeling it, and he, he I feel like he's going to play his best but the second he doubts himself it goes downhill from there so to answer the question though I hate to say no I just it hurts to say no but I am on the ship to move Morazic. I don't think he's worth 3.8 mil a year especially for the next year um he obviously needs to play more and very and much more effective so mm, it's hard See, I'm starting to be convinced that Morazic is worth $3.8 million, especially for the next two years, if they can figure out the workload balance between the two of them and what the ideal scenarios for both are to succeed. Yeah. Because obviously Jack didn't have a choice but to play you know, 30-plus games in a row. So I don't know. It would be nice to see what they actually planned on and have them split the net and... Uh, you know, not have Jack get in his head after all this and, and put so much pressure on himself. Because really, I don't know if going to the All-Star game was a good thing for him because it's it's kind of like a, a rising so quick that you look around, you're like, I don't know if I belong here. Like, I know mm-hmm. I've been playing really well, but I don't know if like this is too much pressure because now he's going to come back and everyone's going to look at him as this All-Star goalie. And, you know, 
as we're seeing now, it's 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 a lot in his head. So, yeah. Next I, question. I, or go ahead. Go nope, ahead while nope. I read them here. Oh, sorry. Um, I get what you're saying, Steph. Um, I like. I'm almost kind of in between you and Johnny. Like, I like Mrazek. I think he's a little overpaid. Me but too. then, if if you go to that other side, though, like on your side, Steph, if we trade him, who are we going to bring in to fill that void? Wall's not going to do it at that at yeah at that price or lower. Mm-hmm. Like if we can shore up the defense a little bit, especially if Muzzin's going to be out long term. Interesting yeah. comments by Friedman tonight yeah. on, on that situation. By the way, we can get into that later. Um, there's there's no one out there like unless you're doing a, a massive change and trying to get someone like the flower then it's probably not worth it and this is just gonna be who we're gonna be stuck with yeah and to think that they could have gotten flower for i don't know nameless prospect on a seventh like in the off season is just it's kind of a bag of pucks yeah. yeah and now he's gonna go for like a first and a prospect um so mike mtc underscore 80 who said goals weren't fun? Nobody said goals weren't fun. 17 goals is great. It's fun when we're scoring. Uh, Bobby Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when we're scoring. Uh, why couldn't we score 20? Because there wasn't one or two more periods. <laughs> um, Bobby Gosh. Another question. I think this one's more serious. Should the Leafs just start? No, it's less serious. Should the Leafs just start the game with six skaters and no goalie? I felt like the third period should have been played like that. That would have been more fun to watch. Yes. <laughs> uh, Maple Leaf fan. Wow. Okay. How do we get Tafaras going? He had zero points in a 10 goal game. 12 games now with zero goals, although he has eight and assists in that time. You'll be right, mate. Don't worry about him. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah we've seen this before from him. It's, it's up and down. Um, I think he'll be okay. I do think that line needs a bit of a change. They keep trying, but. I don't know. They've all been a little... Like, Willie, thankfully, has been good, but I, I feel like Kerfoot's also been a little flat lately. I've noticed um, so. with Johnny that in the uh, in the presses and stuff, he's less hockey robot and more kind of authentic self as well, which I think is good for the, the chemistry in the dressing room. So I wouldn't worry too much about on-ice performance. I think that's just an issue of timing. I think as long as he's with the dressing room and he's with the boys, he'll, he'll come good. No worries. Oh, have I lost you? Oh. Losing you a little bit, but I think I got the gist of that. It is nice to have, um, you know, I'm sure it is nice to have a rock in the dressing room like that, like somebody oh, that you can count on maybe. always being, you know, cool and collected no matter what the uh, the situation is in the game. So I think everybody counts on him a lot. I don't think people have taken the value that he brings into the room and the rest of the team and plays and defensively. And there's just, he's always doing things, whether he's scoring or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he'll get scoring again. He always does. Oh, yeah. It's not like he's a second-year player and we're wondering what's going on. He's had a like He has a proven track record right since the age of 15. Oh, yeah. Of he's a captain consistent. for a reason. Yep, exactly. Uh, second one from Maple Leaf fan. Thoughts on the new D-man Labushkin? Played 17 minutes. Liked his toughness in front of the net. Agreed. Love him. We covered that a lot. Really nice. um, I like. He got an assist, too. He did. On the um, Mikheyev goal, so did Kerfoot, which originally came up on my phone as unassisted, so that was nice that they gave that. Um, number three, does Brody plus four stay with Hall plus three? I mean, for now, until the trade deadline, until we know what's going on, probably. 
I liked it. It's it, it's kind of like a reassurance plan for Hall because Brody is one of our best defensemen. Uh, obviously, he has he doesn't have that offensive side that Morgan Riley has, but he is he eats pucks for breakfast. Like he's all great on the defensive side. So might what might as well put him with Hall, who's clearly struggling. I think Dermot was out with the flu tonight. Otherwise, Dermot would have been yeah. playing. Yeah. What was this I was hearing about? Uh, Nylander right before the game, like running to the bathroom or something. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of a bug going around, and then even after he scored his goal, he wasn't on the bench for quite a while. So that's so funny. Yeah, I got worried there. That that that's why Manny Malhotra was filling in at practice on one of the lines. Coach Malhotra, I love that. <laughs> that was so good. Clifford as the second line center, like it's so random. <laughs> uh, so um. That finishes the game off 10 to 7. It's funny how much longer it takes to get through the game when there's 17 goals. <laughs> right. Three quarters of an hour. Wow. Okay. So, Luke, man, thank you for joining us from all the way in Australia. Same thing we asked to Sarah. Um, you're not going to do the oi, becoming... oi, oi thing on me, are you? Because I don't think Sarah really liked that. No. No. Fail <laughs> on my part. Sorry, guys. Oh, Big fail on my part. Public apology. <laughs> going to run those by me. <laughs> um you yeah you've lost you've lost uh, a little trust for the uh i have a special thing just i won't tell you what it is just give me a give me an opportunity and i'm gonna do something i probably (laughs) lost like 50 (laughs) followers from that so it's fine (laughs) okay so luke how do you become not only a hockey fan well for okay how about first how did you get into hockey all right so I'm almost 40, which means I'm too, too old for the OHL, which I just found out. And uh, <laughs> um, when I was like Sorry. six, I started playing field hockey because my best friend was from Holland. And uh, my mom bought a DVD, uh, no, it wasn't even DVD, it was a VHS of Wayne Gretzky above and beyond. And I watched this thing. Oh, man. And first thing, that I remember that I remember every single word to this thing. I haven't watched this movie in like 30 years, but I remember every single word to it. And the, I remember the first thing was that there's like a, an ad for Coca-Cola Classic. And I have no idea what the hell Coca-Cola Classic <laughs> is. And I, I remember everything to it. And so I just, I followed it. I watched it. I learned about Wayne Gretzky. And uh, I used to record stuff on VHS. It would play at like 11 o'clock at night on the ethnic broadcasting channel. And I'd always stuff it up and it would never get recorded properly. And I watched like Hartford <laughs> play St. Louis and other random teams. And yeah, just over time, just kind of built it. You know, field hockey rules and ice and ice hockey rules are not that different. You can kind of once you know one, you know the other. And um, so I have a, a pretty unique surname. Like a in English, you know, you've got like locational names, you've got occupation names, you've got you know some forty influence names. So, for example, um, my my last name is Hainsworth, right? And Hainsworth is a name of a place in England, but it's also the name of a Hall of Fame goaltender who played for the Has and also for the Leafs, right? So I, I don't Hainsworth. know if there's a family connection there, but we come from the same place. We come from the same village, right? Um, so he's also quite short. I think he's like five foot five, and he lived in. Siri just tried to join in, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just thought, well, I do I love speak it. French. I love Canada. I love everything about the country and its people. And, you know, I need to pick a team, so I'll, I'll pick the Leafs. So that's how I picked the Leafs. And I was like one guy 
great marketing mls yeah, yeah. I, I was like one guy <laughs> out here you know I, I used to force my little brother to play street hockey with me like and i have like um like a little puck and we'd have milk crates as the goal and i'd never i'd never got the opportunity to play so that's why i can skate forwards because i can't i can't go backwards because on the back of all plays is always the break and um yeah. and uh yeah so i just loved hockey and I think the the real cool thing for me is because like as you get older in life and, and being you guys are all younger than me but you, you want to think about things that you really enjoy and i i've always enjoyed the game of hockey i've always enjoyed the uh the kind of the intense passion that people have for it and toronto is the capital city of the hockey universe like it's the home planet of that's hockey, right right so if you want to support a team you choose the team that's it's the capital people are passionate Every arena you go to, like even at Detroit tonight, there was hats being chucked into the arena when Minus got his hattie because we rolled yeah. deep. You know, soup chance from Vegas all the way through to, to Montreal. Like, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. And, and being part of this community as well with you guys, everyone else on Twitter, I just feel like finally I can express my passion in a way that, you know, it, it accepts me for who I am, but it accepts people who are different too, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the Punjabi guy with the, with the turban in, in Vancouver leaves thing. He's a good guy. <laughs> you know, it accepts everyone. Yeah. It's welcoming to everyone. And we're united by one thing, and that's our love of the guys in blue. So that's how I became a Leafs fan. That's what I love about the team. That's nice. what I love about you guys. That's awesome. Oh, well, thank you. And that's a great story, honestly. I mean, I always wonder how people, A, get into hockey from places where there's no ice, and uh, B, just into the Leafs. But, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, the Leafs are everywhere it's like the you can't beat the marketing that they do honestly the, the amount of money they have to just plaster that logo everywhere exactly yeah. Ho- hockey hall of fame goaltender george hainsworth yeah born in 1895 and in the 1934-35 season he had 30 wins now that might not sound like a big deal like a to anybody that's a modern season. day hockey fan 48 game season <laughs> and he had 30 wins. Yeah. Unreal. Did he yeah. play all 48 and games? No helmets as well. Um, no... I believe so, because back then you didn't really have... Uh, I'd have to pull up the actual stats from that season, but I do believe so. His oh, teams didn't carry a backup goalie back then, right? I didn't know that. Yep. That's why Emil Francis, actually, who just passed away, the Rangers Hall of Famer, as a coach, he actually went in and filled in a game in net. Hmm. Wow. wow that's pretty cool always with the fun facts merrick i mean bean <laughs> <laughs> um so on that i think uh merrick i was listening to his podcast today i think might have said the same thing i missed what Fridge said on 32 thoughts on uh during the game but i'm assuming it's the same thing that you're talking about bean about how apparently the leafs are not going to keep dubis or uh, muzzin on long-term injured reserve until the playoffs so if he's healthy to come back they're going to bring him back meaning they're not playing salary cap bingo with an extra 5.625 mil so my question is why did brandon pridham just do yes i'm about to lose battery because i got no no power here so (laughs) we spend so much time discussing the game that i'm down to like five percent battery oh well um in that case just so i make sure i get your side of the call uh, we'll we'll have to have you sign off, I guess, and and continue it uploading for two seconds. Yeah. So I get it. I'll do it. 
Great. Well, thank you so much, Luke, for joining us. Uh, we will close the show off without you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you inviting me on and, and being part of the community. And as I said, I love you all. Leafs Nation, love you all. And, you know, come to Australia. We don't drink Fosters, though, so I'll get you something nicer. All right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sounds great. Good. Thank you so much. We'll have to have you back. Bye. Thank you so have much. Good one. Love you, too. See ya. All right. So, Avexa. So, like I said, Muzzin not going on LTIR through uh, into the playoffs. So, we're not playing with the extra salary cap space. So, why did Brandon Pridham do all of this finagling so that they could be exactly at the cap? So, I I think I have no inside information. I, I'm not friends with any of these guys. I don't talk to them outside of anything that is available to anybody. In, but that's why people come to the right? show, because we're so well connected. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I think this might be a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Um, yes, if Muzzin's healthy, by all means, they want him back. But I think this is Dubis kind of trying to say, "Hey, we don't have the salary cap room. If we're going to make a deal, it's got to be perfect, right?" A, a, okay, a little bit of that, and then also, I was seeing rumblings that apparently Dubis might be trying to work a couple magic trades again to maybe pry a player that a team doesn't really want to move for a little less of a return if they agree to take an LTIR contract back. Oh. Oh, so we're going to do some right. The Leafs have money like there's no tomorrow. They always have. They always will. So So salary cap wise. Or like Nathan Horton back in the day. Oh yeah, well yeah, that's what I mean. But like, I'm thinking right. of who's on LTIR right now. That's just like no yeah. timeline of coming back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's a- another interesting scenario there. And fuck, take on the Weber contract. Is there something <laughs> brewing between the Coyotes and the Leafs? Like something big? Because I don't know if you guys caught it as well. They were talking about the NHLPA actually had a sit down with the Coyotes and the players that are on the Coyotes. And it's not good right now. And we called this. Yeah, we called this a while ago that the players are not going to be happy about that situation playing in a university arena. No, they left that behind. Yep. So it's it's not going to be pretty there in the coming weeks. And the Leafs went and they had a trade for a minor league goalkeeper who will not play for them. And then they turned and they loaned him back to Tucson. So they're now paying his contract and he's not even in the system. Yeah. What's the reason for that? Like why? Their reasoning was they have him in case the Marlies need him, but right now they don't need him. So they're leaving him in Tucson. So that's basically a, Hey, we know you guys don't have any money. We'll do this for Yet again, this is all me. This is all speculation. It is helping them out. I get what you mean. Yeah. So are we are we talking like Lawson Kraus type thing? Or are we talking a Jacob Chikrin? I'm hoping Chikrin. Chikrin would be beautiful. Um, look, who, just, look who played with him all year. Yeah. Labushkin, right? Exactly. To, to, if you could put Bunting, Labushkin, and Chikrin together on a proper team. Oh, my God. Thanks, Arizona, for giving us Matthews, among other things. <laughs> yeah. And the thing with Hutton, too, is that he's just coming off an a year season long entry um mm-hmm. dubis is kind of saying okay play your way back into nhl shape 
not with us, but you're still with us. And then when you're ready and when we need you, that's when you come back. So it's kind of smart on his end. Mm -hmm. So do we think this is like a three team trade through like to pick up a shit contract? Like, where does this come from? I'm just looking. Who do we got? Uh, Kessler, Little, Weber, Ellis. Um, I don't know. There's there's a couple it, guys. Yeah, it, it really could be anything right any anybody that's been bought out or on a ltir i'd have to pull up cap friendly quick here to see who's all on there so arizona's got um dimitri yaskin on ltir who makes 1.65 um so that's not really impactful not really to enough. them i mean they have the jay beagle contract too like there's a couple things you could take off their hands and they they've got picks like for days so I don't think they really I don't know. I think it would have to go through another team if they were going to pick up a a money contract just to throw them which you could know, to be the Wolves. And and that that kind of goes with what we've been saying where Dubis has historically been pretty good at going off the wall, right? Yeah, I mean there's like Jake Gardner, I don't know. We'll see. That's an interesting point. Don't though, say that, that name with the Leafs again. No, I mean because he's on <laughs> on LTIR just to just to bury the money. But like, I I think we were talking more like Shea Weber type deal with somebody who's never going to play again. You don't want it to be too long though, because if you start carrying your LTIR over season to season, then it can start affecting you if you have performance bonuses and stuff like that. Now, for the most part, I don't think the Leafs have a lot of performance bonuses in their contracts. I know Lilligren has a couple, but I don't think there's a ton. But you got to start watching with stuff like that. So you'd, ideally, you'd want something that's a one-year LTL, like guys on his last year, right? Especially for a cap-strap team like Arizona that they can't afford to pay someone if they're not on the ice. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to go on with that Arizona team. It's such a joke. But I would love to see the Leafs just say, all right, you guys want to start over? Give us what you got and have fun with your 19 draft picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. magic beans only you know get you so far uh so there was a game on today that the only reason i knew about it was because of all the jokes about nobody knowing that it was happening because the marketing sucked smashville takes on the tampa bay bolts in the outdoor arena game um wh- what do you guys think is the problem with the marketing what would have got this in front of your eyes and what do you think is the proper way to do these outdoor and arena games? Because I think Sarah had a great idea, but I'll let you guys go first. Well, for me to watch this game, it, it can't be scheduled at the same time as the Leaf game. Because, of course, I'm going to watch the Leaf game. But even if you put it on at 4 o'clock or 2 o'clock or on a day where there's no NHL games, then maybe people would watch besides the Lightning fan base and Smashville fan base. Yeah, and I mean, that was Sarah's point, is why are there other games scheduled on this day? Like, if you want to make an event out of it, just say, look, entire NHL, no matter who you're a fan of, here's a spectacle to watch, here's something fun, instead of just making it a thing for just the fans of those teams, because they were going to watch the game anyway. The point is to get people that weren't going to watch that game to watch it. Getting 5% more Nashville and Tampa fans to turn it on is not as impactful as getting every other NHL fan to be like, oh, this is the only thing on 
and it's you know sunday sure i'll watch this no exactly and that's why the excuse me that's why the winter classics were so good on new year's day with nothing else going yeah yeah another thing i think that they need to do is no offense to the two teams but you need to have a a good rivalry there there has to be some sort of build-up i know geographically florida and nashville are you know they're close enough that there should be a half decent rivalry but there's not there like do do a tampa florida one especially because it's east west like they don't play each other in playoffs they haven't had those first round meetings where fans you know get to see seven games every year against the same thing like we have with boston Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have like the leafs and columbus should not be a rivalry but it is because of just the way that playoffs work out you can't have east west rivalries like that in this day and age just doesn't work especially if you're gonna have them play twice a year yep and and if you're gonna do a showcase game especially you can't you can't have that Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially if you're going to put it, like I said, during other games, like sure, have East versus West team if the entire league can watch it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, sure, I'll cheer for Tampa to beat Nashville or I'll cheer for Nashville to beat Tampa because I want this game to not matter for the East. I'll tell you what did catch my eye on Instagram were those uh, cowboy skates. Did you guys see the ads for those? Uh, they slapped no. a pair of skates on the bottom of cowboy boots and oh a guy was wearing them around and skating in them so it was this lead up for this whole honky tonk sort of cowboy theme of the night and it the interesting well the only part i caught was that the preds dressed up all matching jeans black band tees custom made music city outlaw like leather jackets and then the bolts were in canadian tuxedos so all denim and yeah, they kind of marched their way through. And of course, Pekka Rene led the Nashville Preds out. And I'm sure they put a lot of effort into this, right? And thought about these little details. So it's a shame that we didn't get to watch it. I'm sure there's going to be highlights. But yeah, it's it's a shame. Yeah, I want to watch it because I want to see, I mean, at least clips to see what the Smashville jerseys looked like on the ice. Because that was the thing everyone was saying was as ugly as they are, they might look better on the ice. They actually um, did. I, I See, was I was watching I mean. some of the game, and that's kind of my thoughts on the Toronto Arenas one as well, right? I, I was really disappointed when they released it, um, but the more and more you look at it, it's from afar and on the ice in an outdoor stadium set up like that is probably going to look really nice. Yeah, probably. I'm still not buying one. I don't want to support the fact that every time people complain about a jersey, they just like don't take any notes. <laughs> so... Pecorine uh, leads Smashville out onto the ice and then um, proceeds to uh, walk outside of the uh, Nashville arena and turn into a statue where he will be forever remembered. Um, obviously not exactly like that, but what do we think about uh, Pecorine getting a statue? I didn't see it coming. It's... Me neither. But I, now that I've had some time to think about this, at first I was like, come on. Like, is he, I don't even know if he's going to be Hall of Fame shoe in, let alone like, you know, having a statue. Mm-hmm. This is like if I'm trying to think of, you know, a, a similar one for the Leafs. It's like if we put a, I don't know, Cujo statue or something out front, it's like, yeah, there's a couple good years, but it's like there's no cups or anything to show for it. There's no long playoff runs. There's no President's Trophy. It's like, what? What did, yeah? I I mean, but on the flip side of it, what I've now come to terms with is 
this is the Nashville Predators. This isn't the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is the mm-hmm. first really good franchise long, never played for another team, stuck around player that they've had. So, I mean, to have somebody that that was such a, a name there for a, t- a franchise that has never really had that many names, like, I, I get it, you know, honor the people that gave their entire career to one team when it's a small market team like that. That's exactly it. He is in the Hall of Fame of Nashville Predators. And um, just from hearing about it and getting his number retired last Thursday, of course, the guy spent 13 years there. Um, He's done so much for the city as well. He founded the um, Pediatric Cancer Fund, 365 Pediatric Cancer Fund with Shea Weber back in the day when he was captain and raised over $3.3 million for... um, this for cancer research and made donations you know the list goes on but he's also the nhl all-time leader among finnish born goaltenders so that's something to be accounted for and the stanley cup final right but i know no cups um no memorabilia but he did get one vesna so yeah that he did yeah it's you gotta kind of look at it from a a distanced view right like in the context of the national hockey league as a whole no he's not even close to being statue worthy yeah but you look at it like you were saying johnny from the point of view of the nashville predators yeah he's their wendell clark he's their sundine he's their johnny bauer right like exactly he is someone who played his entire career there loved it there and was a stabilizing force when there was a lot of uncertainty yes. with the Predators. Yeah, they're through the good and bad, right? Yep. Yeah, and he spent 17 out of 23 years the franchise existed. So mm. it's like the only name that comes to mind when I think of, you know, who's the goaltender for Nashville besides Sorrows, of course. Like, I can't really tell you another name, so. Thomas Vokun. Vokun, baby. Pekka Rene, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Short list. Was Vokun the first goalie they had? Um, I don't believe so. They've had, like, Dun- I know Dunham was there. I know Chris Mason was there. Um, oh, now you're really I'm just thinking me. back to, like, old NHL games, and Thomas Vokun's the first one I can think of. He's the first one that you could say was a legitimate number one. Okay. Um. So just to move on to from one – weird southern american team to another weird southern american team the florida panthers um are on a bit of a skid eh weird (laughs) no they lost so they've allowed 16 goals in three games yeah brutal uh the coach uh andrew bonnet just said today uh you need to realize how hard it is to win in this league the focus of 60 minutes not 58 59 not 40 like the other night three six three loss against columbus Every little puck counts. Every little play counts. It's a good learning experience, but we haven't learned all week. Yeah, Derek Ryan picking up his first NHL hat trick as Edmonton uh, defeats the Panthers 4-3. So um, Mason Marchment was moved up to the first line. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. So far, not good. (laughs) Huberto still holding the longest active point streak in the NHL through all of this. And yeah, Huberto is having an absolutely amazing year. But um, I think the reason that Matthews is better and should win the heart over him is because Huberto 
is not the same defensive player that Matthews is and is not winning, you know, 70% of faceoffs and all these other things that Matthews has been doing. So, and not only that, it's circumstances that he's been scoring in. Like, oh no, we let one in. Here, let me stay on the ice and score 20 seconds later and get us back in this. Don't worry. Not putting one in when you're already up 5-1. Exactly, which has been a lot of the Panthers' games. Like When they win it, it's like they win 4-1 or they win 6-0 or 9-2 or 7-1, 5-2. I'm not making these up. These are literally their scores. 6-2, 5-2, 9-3. So, yeah. If every night was like tonight, the Leafs would have a lot of guys like Mason Marchment who randomly get hat-tricks. Yeah. But But it's not... The losing streak is good for the Leafs, of course, because now we're only three points behind them with one or they have one game in hand or something like that. So we have one in hand on them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's going to be strange because if the Leafs keep winning like this and the the Florida teams keep losing like this. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) Don't say it, Johnny. No, it just changes. The, I I thought this, the playoff standings were kind of set like Florida, Tampa, Toronto, Boston. But even within those four, if it moves around, like this could get weird for who plays who. The, it, it's not that I'm saying that the Leafs are going to finish first in the division. Oh, I'm not saying that either. But if they do, and I would love it because it's been a while, there's a very good chance that it's Boston in the first round. Yeah, see, I don't like any of the matchups. I think the only one that's good for the Leafs is Tampa because they play the same game. I feel like Florida is a little more hard hitting uh, and Boston is just we have a curse. I think Tampa is the only one that plays a similar game to the Leafs. And uh, as long as you can break Vasilevsky, um, I think that's it. And the Leafs might have the scoring to do it. Ideal world. I want Washington. Interesting. Leafs, Leafs, Leafs win the division, and if depending on who would be first in the conference, the wild card, right? Because right yeah, now wa- Washington, Boston are the two wild cards. Oof. Jeez, that's I would close. Love to face Boston and then win it, especially with their goaltending not holding up this year. But yeah, and it's a different team. There's no Char. There's no Krejci. Like it's a different team than the last time the Leafs played them. Like. We're holding on to demons from a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And, and I don't like to do it, but it's if we could avoid it, I wouldn't be against avoiding it. Have they even played Boston this year? Yeah. I'd... Yes. Once? Yes, because <laughs> I, I got a goal puck from it. Um, nice. So yeah, Tavares had that uh, that garbage goal out front that went in off his skate when Mitch shot it. And it sh- Mitch shot it. And it went off his gate as the net was going off. Oh, that back, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. in November. Fun. Yeah, and that was the whole uh, discussion about whether you can score when the net's not on. Yeah. Fun, fun fact, Tavares' last goal was the Detroit game previous to tonight. <laughs> oh, boy. Feels like it's been forever. Um, okay, so we're an hour 10. Let's wrap these up quick. Um, the Orlando Solar Bears stand on Florida. So much Florida in the news. Florida man um, released from Orlando Solar Bears. I mean, Sean Avery. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that two days after, yeah, two days after signing him, they drop him. I don't know. Did you guys find out what happened? Because I couldn't. Yeah, they didn't really release much. My guess is he's not in good enough shape. Yeah. People were saying like failed physical or drug test or whatever it was just 
didn't clear it even to make the team. Uh, I love that everything from the ECHL is like a Pizza Hut transaction. Like Pizza Hut is tagged in every single <laughs> yep. thing. So the Orlando Solar Bears released Sean Avery in today's Pizza Hut transaction. <laughs> All I know is so that it was effective immediately. So they did not give this guy a second, third chance. You know what I mean? Like something happened where he was just cut and no questions asked. So I think it is physical or drug related. Or some ex NHLer approached a Florida team that had never heard of him and then they signed him and then they realized who they'd signed and they went, Oh fuck, never mind. <laughs> they finally Very did well a Google search on him. <laughs> like if he approached some random Florida ECHL team was like, Hey, you know, I played for the Rangers and like I wanna make a comeback and they're like, Okay. And then they sign him and then this eruption on social media happens. They're like, Oh, you're that Sean Avery. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're not playing with us. <laughs> um, finally, what do you think of the Sam Bennett hit? Well, it's great for my fans. Still in Florida. <laughs> but really, really hard, tough hit. I mean, this guy, was it clean? Like, it's... Yeah, there was a bit of debate on this on uh, on Hockey Night in Canada. Jennifer Botterall was kind of against it not kind of she was pretty against it but mm -hmm. the uh the guys all seemed kind of for it saying they don't want to see this thing leave the game and it was a clean hit so i know there's a, a lot of debate especially when you're losing 6-3 to just lay somebody out like that i don't know it it doesn't look as though he was charging up that long for it he didn't leave his feet like it it's hard to tell how big you n think a hit's gonna be like before you do it i don't know if, like you don't know that the guy's gonna go flying like that from i don't know i if don't know it, how how hard they can judge their speed yeah if you take that hit and you snip it out of that time frame in that game and put it in any other time in that game first period second period whatever it's clean hit it's not even a charging penalty did they give him a charging penalty they did give him a charging penalty that wasn't a charge yeah. No, um, it's just one of those things where they're trying to cut down on big hits and they just don't even bother looking at it. Just go, oh, that was huge. It must have been a charge. I think that was more so the time frame in the game that it was. That late in the game with the score being what it was. A little bit of game management, really. It's more unsportsmanlike conduct than it is a charge. Yep. Like yep. if you want to give a penalty for a hit like that in an unnecessary position, give an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. If you want to say, you know, don't throw... Like if you're literally saying the hit was clean... But it, the intention and the outcome and the circumstance was unnecessary. So game misconduct or, you know, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Unsportsmanlike. Not to mention. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steph. No, go ahead, Bean. Finish your thought before I jump in. Uh, I was just going to say, like, Cylinder is also, what, 18, 19 years old? Yeah. Yes, he's been playing in leagues that have hitting, but... I doubt he's had a hit like that ever. No. Right? Never. So there's a, a, a bunch of factors into why it was as bad as it was, too. Yeah, I think a big factor was that Sillinger was stopped up on the puck. And since he's obviously not the biggest guy either, and um, just because Sam Bennett was catching speed while going towards him, it looks like he charged him because Sillinger was stopped. And the, the way that he went flying after the hit, 
just makes the assumption that he was charging because he sped up and the kid went flying after just like the impact of it all so it's hard it's really hard to assess this one yeah i think it looks worse than it was like if there was an injury out of it and everything i would say okay we should, this probably deserves a second look but i think it just the angle and speed and position it, the guy just went flying it was a he huge did. hit and i don't think this is something like if we're going to cut down on on fighting in the league you're going to see hits like this you know guys are going to have to get the aggression and hate out somewhere it's still a sport at the end of the day yeah definitely but speaking of hits i know we didn't bring it up uh, yet tonight and i just want to bring up robertson really quickly because we didn't oh, really talk of course. about him we didn't even talk about nick robertson and i noticed he's he tonight he was so physical and he was making his presence known on the ice even though he didn't have much time to play with and i thought he had a couple good chances but what are you guys thinking about robertson i think he had some good chances that wraparound that uh, he almost had there was the um Oh man, he had a chance right before that too. There was a, a pass that just went right over his stick. It was a little hard of a pass, but he was in the right spot and he was calling for it. He was jamming a stick on the ice. Yeah. Uh, he really, really, really wanted to be there. He knew where to be on the ice. He was, like you said, he was rough in front. Like, uh, yeah, I like him. I think it's a great find from within the system. Yeah, I, I was really happy with his game. Um, I think some of the, the reason why he was called up for this game specifically is because he's a Michigan boy, right? Like he's basically grew up in that area. So I just, I'm almost a little annoyed at Keith that he didn't play that much, especially mm-hmm. the fact that you look at for half the game, the Leafs had a big lead, roll your lines, right? But yeah. Yeah. I expected to see him out there more when it was like six, two. Yep. And especially out there with like, you know, maybe JT and Willie to try and get them going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He only played a uh, 919 tonight. Wayne Simmons, 848. And Spezza was 1011. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't see them much after the first uh, first half of the game. Probably they were kind of slowed down. I think after that explosion of goals from Marner, they were like, all right, let's, uh, let's keep the first line out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Give it time, right? Uh, I think he should play at least five games so we have a good sample size to see what we're working with and versus different opponents. And tonight yep. is just blown out of water, but I'm excited to see the next game and to have him get more minutes or maybe play on that second power play unit. Yeah, it's hard to take any real critiques out of tonight, eh? Like, yeah, it's a really it, weird game. Like, look at it like a coach. Throw, throw it all out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay won the uh, outdoor game, by the way, three to two. Okay. I don't know if we mentioned that. Um, do we want to touch any more on the Russia Ukraine stuff with regards to hockey players? Yeah, I mean, right an hour twenty, but I guess we. Yeah. So. Um, um, did you guys? Where do you want to start? Did you guys see the tweets from Dominic Ashik? No. Yeah, I did. I saw Panarin. So Dominic Ashik called for. Dominic Hasek called for all uh, Russian NHL players to be removed from the league. Oh, I missed that one. Yes. So Dominic Hasek tweeted out. Yeah, if you want to read it. What? Not only an alibiist, a chicken shit, but also a liar. Every adult in Europe knows well that Putin is a mad killer and that Russia is waging an offensive war against the free country and its people. 
the NHL must immediately suspend contracts. And continues on, for all Russian players, every athlete represents not only himself and his club, but also his country and its values and actions. That is a fact. If the NHL does not do so, it has indirect co-responsibility for the dead in Ukraine. Okay, so to unpack that, um, oh, just side note real quick. Uh, did you see Joker at the fin- Finnish team left yes. the KHL playoffs They uh, and probably won't even return to the KHL by what it seems. So yep. we'll see how that plays out. Good on, um, good on Curry. I believe that's the team that's owned by Yari Curry. So good on him for putting... Oh, it is. Put, not that he needs the money, but for putting money aside and just, nope, we're walking away. Yeah. So um, to Dominic Hasek's point, I think like to say all Russian players is crazy but i learned i didn't know about this um i was listening to the dangle podcast and um adam brought up there is a group of russian players that in 2018 for the election over in russia signed and basically made a a a group of them that were political advocates for him saying that we support putin and this was malkin this was uh ovechkin pavel bure um Ilya kovalchuk so anybody that puts their name out there supporting somebody politically yes they are free reign to be asked these questions of you know do you still support putin to which ovechkin kind of dodged the answer and said you know he's my president i get it his family's there it's dangerous to speak out against a dictator when your family is in that country um but man at some point like like his profile picture is still with putin like when does the league say like look dude there's literally a war going on you you can't be you can't have this stance right now. Like you, yeah. you can't be so hockey player about this because you've put yourself in the political arena. You've, you've been with him and openly supported him. Like it's not just, you happen to be from the country. It's not like Panarin who is basically blacklisted from the country for speaking out against Putin since day one. And there's been other Russian players like the tennis player who wrote no war please on the camera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, it's not, uh, oh, I'm from Russia, I can't speak out against Putin. It's the fact that he's gotten so close in bed with him that he can't speak out against him. And that's his own fault. So this whole layoff him, he's a hockey player, he shouldn't have an opinion. He's brought this on himself. He needs to have an opinion. Yeah, 100%. Someone like, like if these questions were being posed to Ilya Mikheyev, yeah, lay off him. He's silent. He never talks about it. That's his own business. Ovechkin exactly. has been actively open in his support for Putin. Yeah, Labushkin the same. You don't hear the Leafs getting hounded about this. It's people that have been openly supporting him that, hey, how do you feel about this? Oh, you know, I, I don't I don't want war. Okay, well, how about you condemn the person who's waging it then? Yeah. It's not that hard. Like not not it's that I wanted to watch. Uh, yeah, not that I wanted to end the show on something like that, but I had that oh, no. those I had those tweets brought up to my attention and I I was like, not that I'm against what Hoshik said, but I was pretty surprised at oh, yeah, that's pretty candid how, how aggressive he was with it. Yeah, especially somebody who would have played with and against many Russian players in his time. So he, he was part of the Soviet Union when he started his hockey career. Czechos- Fair enough. Yeah, Czechoslovakia Republic, was so. part of it, right? Um, quickly, other things on that. UEFA has announced they're pulling uh, the championship out of St. Petersburg. Uh, there's a couple other things that have been moved out of Russia. They're talking about them losing the World Juniors as well, um, and players not being able to come for the prospect game. There's a lot of things happening right now. Um, 
the U.S. Olympic Committee is talking about banning their players from even participating against Russian athletes. Um, and there's also rumblings that maybe the U.S. government might not provide visas for Russian athletes for next season. Yeah, it's getting beyond the point of like, we have to separate people from the government because there is, obviously, that's the best part about the era that we live in in social media is you can separate the people that live somewhere from the mm -hmm. governments. But when you A, support that government, that's a problem. And B, when it gets to a point where like they're literally invading another country and killing people and waging war aimlessly like this, it's like you have the punishments can't just end at Putin and his inner circle. Like, the, like it needs to hit everybody to for them to turn around and say this is his fault like you know if all of the athletes can't go and compete somewhere it's not the countries that aren't letting them there's fault it's his fault for starting this so they you know it's about garnering support all around the country against him so i get it um did you hear about the f1 team as well Again, I'm stealing from Adam Wilde, who has done a great job of covering this. I know I um, I talk about them a lot, but Dangle's podcast and Adam Wilde does a great job of covering uh, history and, and the world politics. That, but, um, that the team pulling all the decals off for the Russian sponsors? Yeah. yeah. So there's a team. I, I don't remember. Do you know the name of the team? Not off the top of my head, no. Me neither. I don't follow F1, but it's um, a team that was made to be the American F1 team. Like That was their whole um, mission statement was like to be you know the one that's born and bred in America, and they got into financial trouble and were bailed out by Russian money. And so their cars were red, white, and blue with Russian flags on them. And as soon as this started, they stripped their cars down and raced with bare white cars. They're like, no, like it's not worth the money. We will, we would rather go bankrupt and fund this ourselves. So the owner took on like tens of millions of dollars himself just to do this. Yeah. So it's, you know, everybody's very serious about this. And I, I don't think he expected this kind of pushback from a Ukraine themselves um, militarily and b from the rest of the world, not standing by and just kind of letting him take it like he did Crimea. So and there's there's rumors that apparently this is why the KHL um, after yeah. the Olympics just went straight to playoffs instead of continuing their season. Yeah, I mean, he's been planning this for a year at least, so. It's not out of the realm of possibility that the people in his inner circle that fund the KHL would have known about this happening right after. So to say, oh, it's because of COVID, we're just going to go straight into the playoffs. It's like that doesn't when you think about it, looking back, that doesn't really make sense as an answer. Oh, we're, we're just going to go straight into playoffs because of COVID. OK, are you doing it in a bubble? Mm -hmm. Like, is there a plan or are you just saying we're we're just going to eliminate half the teams because they're sick? Like, what about the ones that are in it? <laughs> like it didn't now that I look back on it, it was such a, a bullshit answer. Yep. <sighs> anyway, Rasmus Anderson just got another assist, so I'm happy on my fantasy team at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, to close it out on a high note, anything I'm uh, I'm going into the finals in fantasy basketball. I am one day away and unless a meteor hits and five of my games don't happen. Uh, I will beat our commissioner and head on to the playoffs and to the finals to win it all in basketball and go nice. me. I was made fun of for my first pick. So I had two people. I had Brad Beal and Ricky Rubio both go down to season ending injuries. I could still win this. So let's go. That's impressive. Thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to the game on Monday against Washington. Your dream of playing Washington will come true, Bean. I know it's not playoffs, but we'll face them on Monday. 
Is it uh, in Toronto? It is not. I see. It is on the no? road. Okay. I was gonna. I was gonna ask if you thought that people in Toronto would boo Ovi. Mm, Probably not. Because he's he's been getting a bit of it, hasn't he? He has. Yeah, his first game um, before he spoke to the media, he was booed that game. Yeah. Well, as I said, it's kind of something you bring upon yourself. I don't. I don't hate the guy. It's just you know you got to answer to things when you put yourself in that arena. So. Yep. Hey, guy. Um, Leafs won ten seven. Happy things. Yeah, ten seven guys. Last time this happened was two thousand and seven. So, really, ten, fun. ten goal game. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere... What was the final score though? Was it seventeen goals? It couldn't have been. No, no. Um, I'm not too I don't... sure. Yeah, I don't have that one handy. I know it was against Boston. Most but... goals in NHL game. What is the highest? Total combined, I think it's 21. 21? What, from like the 30s? Mm, I would say probably 80s. Um, most, Oh, this is like players scoring one goal, goals in one game. Nah, I can't find it. Anyway, maybe we'll hit you with that next episode. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. This has been a long one. Thank you, Luke Man, for joining us. Sorry I had to hop off early. Thank you, Beaner and uh, the fanalists for joining me as usual. We'll be back. No problem. Have a good night. See you Monday. Worked. Work it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. 